0: You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Dow and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start off stating who the intended audience is. The intended audience for this podcast episode is actually individuals who did not match for residency, but really it would be useful for all students to hear about this. And to put the disclaimer out there, we are not saying that residency is not a good thing. Residency has great benefits. Residency has a lot of opportunities that can come from it. And you can learn so much in the residency program. The purpose of this episode is to let you know that there are other pathways to get to where you want to be. So just to put things in a little perspective, the stats for the 2019 match results actually came out. And in the PGY1 programs, there were 5,937 people who participated in the match and 3,822 of them matched. And what it comes out to be is a match rate of 64%. So that's barely over half that matched into the program. And that's a lot of people who did not match. So to those of you who did match, congratulations, you're going to have an excellent experience in your residency program. And to those of you who did not match, please know that it's okay. And hopefully this podcast episode will help you alleviate some of that anxiety that you're feeling right now by hearing what we have done when we did not match. So today we are actually having a special episode that will hopefully be part of a larger miniseries. And I'm joined by several special guests. So I'm joined by Dr. Beju Shah. What's up, Tony? How's it it going? I'm also joined by Dr. David Bu. Hey, Tony. And I'm also joined by Dr. Brian Fung. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. So for our listeners to know a little bit more about you guys, can each of you just give a little short intro about yourselves?
1: Hi, Tony. So hello, my name is David Boo. Uh, I'm a recent graduate from VCU School of Pharmacy in Richmond, Virginia. I graduated in 2018. Right now, I'm working as a project manager and quality assurance engineer at Kitcheck, which is a help ID company that focuses on improving uh, pharmacy workflow by automating tasks within hospitals. Hi, everyone. My name is Brian Fung. I am a InfraMax pharmacist
2: in Rochester, Minnesota. My roles have changed a bit recently. We just went live with Epic across all of our hospitals and clinics, and I was responsible for the implementation of the antimicrobial stewardship and infection control programs in our hospital system. And most recently, now that the goal lives are over, I am transitioning into more of a population health type role.
3: I'm Bishan, a clinical pharmacist with our informatics team at, at the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. Being in the informatics role for about eight years, uh, working together with our integration team to optimize our EHR there, but also with our innovation team to work on other solutions
0: products around of our EHR. So the purpose for this episode will actually be to have somewhat of a panel discussion focus on one particular topic. And that topic today is going to be about what steps did you take after not matching for residency? So thank you again, everyone, for being on the podcast. And we're going to be tackling this question today. So anybody who's on the podcast right now, feel free to share your thoughts.
2: I guess I can start first. (laughs) So this is Brian, for those who don't recognize my voice. So I think when I didn't match, the first thing that I felt was just a state of hopelessness and being lost. So I think the first thing, the very, very first step you should do is probably to just give yourself some time to recuperate, you know, just to de-stress and maybe, you know, don't think about anything today, that day you didn't match or give you some time to just take a break because you deserve a break. the whole residency process is stressful. So I think that's that's really important, uh, especially for your state of mind. And I think for next steps, um, you know, for me personally, I, I did end up getting a residency in the scramble uh, three weeks later. But during that three week period, I think there are two things that I specifically did, one of which was to reach out to as many individuals in my network as possible. So friends, colleagues, preceptors, teachers and just ask, you know, what jobs are out there? Do you know of any openings? And, you know, I I felt as though I was able to get into a lot of positions that weren't announced or people were willing to hear me out because of those kind of internal connections through that way. So. One of those steps is definitely reach out to your internal network. The second thing that I also did, I'm not sure how much I would encourage it, but its I think it's uh, worth a shot, is to just start applying to jobs that are out there. Uh, I think one approach in hindsight, looking back into this, is that many job applications go into a black hole. If there's not like a reference or someone to move your application higher so personally i i did do this and i unfortunately did not hear back from anyone during that time period but maybe there could have been something else i could have done whether follow up or find someone in that organization to help me with my application but i i think certainly it doesn't hurt to apply to jobs that are out there so those are i guess three things i would probably recommend for next steps
3: yeah I think I really, agree with Brian, you know, my experience was a little different, but I think the same concepts applied, like, you know, building your network, reaching out to folks within that network to see what other opportunities are available. Personally speaking, I actually went through MATCH halfway, so I didn't fully commit. Um, And the reason behind that was I actually found a non-traditional two-year residency, informatics residency on the West Coast, a large academic medical center in LA that I was also kind of thinking of jumping into. And so while match was going on, I was waiting on this other institution to send me an offer. And ultimately, I had to sort of back out of that uh, match process so that I could wait for this other offer to appear. So I took a bit of a risk. At the same time, though, I actually reached out to some of uh, the folks I work with at my current health system. And I, you know, I sort of just kind of was looking for advice, and I asked, you know, where... Well, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, I've got this residency I'm holding out for. I'm really kind of looking forward to it. And like, well, literally someone sat me down. Uh, One of the pharmacy directors, actually, she sat me down and said, "Vijay, you, you know, what are your thoughts about this staying with us full time? And that was my interview. That was literally my interview. Like, I felt pretty privileged, but I, I also felt that that was the right thing to do at the time. And looking back, I, I have no regrets. I, I felt like that was probably the best opportunity to learn operationals, the clinical pieces that go into hematics that I may not have had the privilege of getting otherwise. So that sort of third option, the third way in for me was, I think, pretty transformational, but I wouldn't be able to do that without reaching out to the people around me and helping, you know, get support and, and advice from these amazing folks in our community. So, yeah, so I, I basically rejected Match, but in a way. I embrace privacy in that holistic perspective.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with both of you. Uh, some of the aspects that Brian has said and some of the aspects that Beju has said. When I didn't match, I felt like everything was over. Like, that's just honestly how I felt. Like, I was like, okay, what do I do now? Um, and I think when I was speaking with one of my mentors, her suggestion was, you know, just take a break, focus on your boards, study for your boards, and then study the exam. Because she brought up a good point. It's like, okay, I didn't match, but I still need to get my license. So I still need to, you know, pass my boards so that I have a license so then I can do things later. And you know that phrase of like, everything happens for a reason. It's such a cliche phrase. But I would say that, you know, for each one of us on this podcast right now, I think that phrase kind of applied to all of us, right? I know it's very hard to hear what people are saying at the time. So put your focus on, you know, first your boards and then after that, then you can move on to that next step. At least that's what I did. And then after, you know, I finished getting licensed for my boards, I started reaching out to my network, kind of echoing what both Beiju and Brian had did. And there was an opportunity that arose in, in Ventura County, which is, you know, I would say that you should also try to be open to opportunities, like identify, you know, those opportunities that may be worthwhile to you. And then, you know, take that risk, take that dive. And you never know where you're going to go from it. Just embrace it. Like what Beju said, Uh, just embrace it. So I actually uh, got the position of a clinical informatics pharmacist right out of school after getting a license for Ventura County. And I took it, even though I had to drive 100 miles to work one way every day, I still took that risk and I still, you know, put my efforts into it. And then now, like currently, I'm in like a role that I really enjoy.
1: I think you guys have all pretty similar experiences with me. So after I didn't match... I was actually very excited that I didn't match, which is actually a, a little bit an unorthodox response. But when I when I was going through my residency uh, applications and going through the interviews, I felt like residency wasn't really for me, and uh, my strengths were definitely in informatics. And going through a PGI one, it was the more of a focus on general clinician, which isn't actually what I was looking for. I wanted to jump in, jump into informatics as soon as possible. So. Which So I was saying it was really exciting for me because for those viewers who didn't know, if you do match, you're obligated to go through that program with the hospitals that you match with. So there's really no take backs there. So I really felt free to do with it, whatever I wanted to do. But at the same time, it was initially discouraging because I had all my classmates. They were able to share great news. They knew where they're going to be at the graduation. They had a plan. So for me, I felt like I was being left behind. So after graduation, when I was studying for my boards, I was looking for jobs. And also, I had offers lined up as a retail pharmacist, but it wasn't something that I was interested in pursuing as a long-term career. But it was something to fall back on in case like, I wasn't able to find that dream job that I wanted. So my next steps after that was applying to positions such as a staff pharmacist position at a hospital or a clinical informatics or pharmacy informatic- informaticist position. And if I ended up being an inpatient staff pharmacy position, then I would be able to get that clinical workflow knowledge, but also at the same time, volunteer my time and hopefully shadow the IT team or get some projects. So throughout my application, I thought I was a really stellar candidate from the background that I had, but it definitely came across a lot of roadblocks along the way. So the first mistake I actually had, and Brian had mentioned it before, was applying a shotgun approach to applying to as many jobs as possible online. So I didn't realize that, you know, more than 80 applications are automatically filtered by automated tracking systems for most jobs. And the second thing I've learned was what Tony kind of brought up earlier was hospitals, where many hospitals don't really consider you as a candidate unless you have a pharmacist's license. So when you graduate, but you're still studying for your NAPLEX and your boards, that you don't have that pharmacist's license. So you're in this weird limbo that you have. So... You know, with those two lessons that I had, I definitely took a different approach, as Brian has mentioned, and where I created my own opportunities. And that's through networking, through messaging, talking to hiring managers directly instead of going through a robot or an automated system, talking to someone about it. And so for me, it was, you know, going out of my way to try to connect with uh, actual people to get their experiences to see if there's any advice and establish those connections. And so it really helped me out because I was able to actually land multiple dream offers when I graduated and actually even created a, a position with uh, DOP eventually where when, it, when I was in pharmacy school, my dream was to become an epic informaticist. And by trying to apply to a position that wasn't specifically for that, it was a uh, staff pharmacist position but we were able. He knew of my what my dream goals were, and so we actually created a hybrid staff pharmacist and Epic informatics position, just because they didn't have some uh, something like that at that time. And then another position that I was offered and then accepted was I was a data analyst for a company called KitCheck, which is help IT company. Uh, initially, it wasn't a pharmacist position; it was a position that I was shooting for a bachelor's. But I took that position because I definitely felt like, you know, I had had an opportunity to grow within the company. And I definitely took the big risks since it wasn't a traditional pharmacist position and just to see how far it went. And it was a company I knew about and I had a really strong passion for anyways. And so for me, it was, you know, taking risks like how Beiju has mentioned and trying to explore as many opportunities as much as possible. And so like right now, I'm a project manager for Kit Check Now.
0: So thank you everyone for sharing and I think it should also be, you know, nice to mention that we wanted to do this special episode because we all have this strong connection to the residency process and wanted everyone to know that you aren't alone. And we do know there is currently an expectation that residency is the only way to get to your end goal, but that's not really the case as you can see. And I think Brian, you can probably expand a little bit more about why we all decided to collaborate on this. One of the reasons why
2: we started to do this in the first place was how we wanted to change the the societal norms of how pharmacy students view residencies. You know, specifically in the sense that it shouldn't be an expectation. You know, I I, I went through a residency. There's certainly a lot of benefits, but that's not the only way out. And I, I think David, you were like an amazing example of all the different pathways that are out there. There's residency, and there's so many opportunities out there uh, to hunt for. And then I wanted to also share like the idea of. You know, depression, you know, Beiju, Tony and I were all sad after not finding that out. But we shouldn't be sad. And I I want to share that equation of happiness is equal to expectations minus reality. The expectation is that students should get a residency. Reality is that people, there's not enough spots and people don't. If you change that expectation, that societal expectation to be, you don't need a residency, it's great, but there are other pathways, then people wouldn't be sad.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. And thanks for also sharing that equation. All right. Thank you, everyone, for sharing your thoughts on you know the next steps of not matching for residency. Uh, so I hope the listeners have found this episode useful. And for those who have further questions about not matching or uh, your current careers or something like that. Uh, what's the best way that they can probably reach you guys?
3: I, I think like LinkedIn would be probably my go-to. So uh, reach me out
1: on uh, LinkedIn, Medication Safety, and uh, um, reach me. You could reach me at my LinkedIn. Also, David Boo. You're you guys are able to certainly reach out to me via my email, and Tony will put in the show notes also. Uh, so I, I, it took. A, this was a
2: very difficult question for me. <laughs> It's partly due to I am behind on messages dating back to November right now. So I I don't know what's a good venue to have messages route to me. But I would probably say LinkedIn is a decent spot. But my response time to messages right now is terrible. But I would say LinkedIn is preferred over email or Facebook or Instagram or
0: Twitter or YouTube. LinkedIn is probably your best bet. So that's that's Brian Fung. I'll be putting direct links to your contact information into our show notes. But yeah, thank you again, guys, for being part of this uh, discussion. Thanks, Tati. Yeah, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you again, everyone, for being part of this episode today. And I'll be putting your contact info in the show notes so listeners can reach out if they would like. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at pharmacyitme.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at pharmacistconnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacist. CIT and me, and remember, technology is a tool, patient care is the goal.